listen up. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Chronicles of Doing Too Much. Go on and put on them shades because we about to shine, baby. Success ain't easy and you surely don't have all the answers. So we're going to help you stretch past your limits. You know how powerful you are. Build a strong network. You are a part of a community. Dominate your genius. Today is your day. And knock your goals out of the park. You are the heartbeat of your destiny. Let's work together versus you doing too much by yourself. You define your own success. You're a boss. And this is the Chronicles of Doing Too Much. Hello and welcome to the Chronicles of Doing Too Much. I'm your host, Angel Rowley, Mindset and Success Coach, Founder and CEO of Destined for Greatness. Now, Destiny Seekers, we have another amazing interview today. We have the none other than Pastor Paulette Harper, known to many of us as Pastor P. And, y'all, we are about to have a good discussion today. So Paulette Harper is a speaker, book coach, and global voice for emotional wellness and personal development. She teaches women how to change the narrative and and turn those painful experiences into writing best-selling books, starting a business, and creating programs. She specializes in helping women shift their perspective on crises, push past barriers, and discover their purpose so they become the best version of themselves. As an author of Christian fiction, nonfiction, and children's books, she has over 11 literary works to her credit. I told y'all Pastor P is bad. Two-time award-winning author, Paulette Harper's fictional debut, Secret Places Reveal, won national acclaim by becoming the Emma Award winner for inspirational and spiritual romance. Go ahead, sister, with your bad self. In addition, her nonfiction book, Completely Whole, achieved national recognition by winning the reader's favorite award for best Christian nonfiction. She has been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, and the Sacramento Observer. Yeah, PauletteHarper.com. Make sure that you write that down right now. We have PauletteHarper.com. Pastor P, welcome to the Chronicles of Doing Too Much. Well, my sister Angel, thank you so much. I was about to say, now, who are you uh, introducing there? <laughs> Pastor Pay, you the Bob. I mean, I know, that, I know because I follow you on social media. I have been for a while, and I just love to see all of your accolades and what you're doing and the messages that you bring to all of us. And, you know, we definitely connect on so many levels um, personally and professionally, um, especially in the space of turning your experiences into um, best-selling books, starting businesses, and creating programs. You know, that's how the Chronicles of Doing Too Much um, began. It began from me, you know, basically pouring out the trauma that I experienced through divorce. Um, 
and, and having to understand that I was emotionally abused, having to understand and accept that I went through, um, I was going through depression, while on the outside everything looked wonderful, but in inside I was pretty much falling apart. So we're going to jump right into the conversation because I know that you have five pillars to recovery from trauma. So do you want to talk to us about those five pillars? Yes, I do. You know, I want to, you know, first say thank you so much for having me on your platform. It is really a, uh, a privilege and an honor to be here to be able to share. And so much of what you've already shared about yourself and your emotional trauma, you know, I really resonate with. I really, you know, connect with because that was the journey that I was on. And it really got me to create these pillars um, for myself and then also be able to, you know, share these with other people. You know, when we're talking about emotional trauma, we're talking about so many levels to emo- emotional trauma and so many types of emotional trauma. And in each, you know, type of trauma that we go through in life, um, because it's something that we've never experienced before, it's something brand new, it's something Um, some emotions that, you know, have surfaced that we have never been identified with or even known about. But, um, you know, my emotional trauma came from um, my divorce and um, being a pastor's wife, being married for 23 years, you know, when we're going through emotional trauma, it's the impact of it. You know, it's something, it's almost like being in a car accident and somebody, you're stopping at a light and somebody from behind just rear ends you because it's something unexpected and the impact, oh my God, the impact of that, um, you know, and like you said, um, on the outward, we may look okay, but inside, we are hot mess. Inside, we are so broken. And um, the, the, the trauma from that sends you on this tailspin and if, if there is no, um, if, you, if you don't, you know, um, grab it, connect with it, uh, change it, you know, shift it, if you don't grab a hold up to it, it can just really literally just kill you. And that's the trauma that I was facing, while, you know, when I was going through my divorce. But um, like I said, all those emotions that were coming up with that. But so we're talking about, you know, the, the you know, my you know, five pillars that really I had to just really do so much um, reassessing, redefining, uh, rediscovery of who I was, just really finding how could I take this trauma and what could God, you know, how can I allow God to just really maneuver my life in a way that what I was going through was not going to be my end result that I was going to be able to share my story, I was going to be able to recover all and then be able to share what God has done. And so one of the pillars that I created, it's, it's uh, revised, and they all start with R, R-E. And so um, one first one is to revise, and that literally just means to reexamine what happens. And a lot of times um, we don't want to own up and we don't want to acknowledge what has really happened. And in that revising, we really have to make some alterations, alterations in our lives so that what we've experienced is not repeatable. So we make alterations, and then we make peace with the past, um, and that's sometimes we live in denial, 
You know, sometimes um, our emotional trauma continues to tell us, oh, no, that didn't happen, it's okay, and whatnot. But, no, we really have to make peace with our past, and that's the only way we're going to be able to move forward. And so when we think about um, revising or, you know, revising and making alterations, making alterations literally is the same as, you know, a, a seamstress. And what a seamstress does, she clips, you, you know, she sews up and she cuts away stuff, uh, fabric that is unnecessary, stuff that is not part of the uh, original design um, for that dress. And so making alterations, and this is a process that can be very painful because we got to cut away. You know, we got to cut away stuff that doesn't look um, the way that we want it to look. It doesn't, you know, it, it may mean to cut away things that we're familiar with, uh, maybe, you know, severing relationships. Uh, and in order for us to move forward, we really have to cut and to clip some things that don't serve us anymore. So when we think about revising and making alterations, we have to really examine where we are and where we want to go, and then we need to cut and clip some things that just really are not beneficial for us anymore, own up to what what has happened with the past, but be determined to move forward. And so we accept it, we move forward, you know, and then in moving forward, you know that this is the new beginning that you are on. And when we're talking about emotional trauma, for me, it was divorce. And so um, the next thing is to release. And this is the part of the, um, the transformational pro- uh, process that has to be intentional. So it's releasing. It's the act of setting free and letting go, releasing the blame, the shame, and the guilt, and forgiving ourselves and then also forgiving others. And in that release, this is the part of the, the process that not only has to be intentional, it can, it can be as painful as, you know, the revising and recutting and the cutting and making alterations because some things we have to think about, some things we have to, it takes us back to that those moments of pain that brought us the most pain. But in order for us to just really move forward, we got to, we have to be willing to um, let those people who have hurt us and caused us that pain and that trauma, we have to let them go and set and and and. and letting them go, it really does liberate us and itself sets us free. And so one of the issues uh, amongst many that I had when I was going through my emotional trauma was um, being a pastor's wife, there was a lot of, you know, for me, self-condemnation. There was a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment, a lot of guilt that I was feeling while I was going through a divorce. And then I had to learn how to really forgive myself and forgive myself for my part and forgive myself for even allowing me to get to a place where I wanted to end my own life. And so you got to be intentional about this because when we release others, it's, it's really releasing ourselves because we don't ever want to give people that kind of power over us that we hold on to the bitterness and the anger and the hostility that, um, you know, those experiences have created in our lives. And so this means you got to keep forgiving you got to keep releasing and you got to keep letting go and if you got to keep doing this every single day then you keep doing it every single day and you have to release the people who may have uh, abused you and you know disappointed you in that process you know people who have betrayed you and then 
um, releasing yourself, and there's no greater liberation for you and I is, is, you know, when we can just, you know, let it go, you know, and allow God to just really heal us in the process. And so with that, um, revising the releasing, and then um, it is, you know, next is the recovery. And this is the part of the, the pillar, the part of the transformation that, um it means to just literally find something that was lost, find something that you forgot about. Because I was so engulfed in the pain and in the trauma and dealing with and facing it and then focused so much on what I was going through, I lost me. I had been married for 23 years, and so I met him when I was 14. Oh, wow. And so all those years, yeah. So I met him when I was 14, so I didn't know – I didn't. I didn't know anybody else other than him. I mean, he was my first boyfriend. He, I lost my virginity with him. He was my first husband. I had two kids from him, and so we did ministry together. So my life was just in, in, engulfed around this man. And so I didn't even have a chance to really discover who Paulette was because I was always with him, you know. And so, you know, my life was focused in on pleasing him, my children, the ministry, and and just really, um, you know, doing things that, um, you know, was, was all about, they were my center. And so I got lost in that whole process. And so when I was getting divorced, I had no idea who I was. You know, and that was a lot of the struggle that I had because I didn't identify with the Paulette she was becoming. And so I had to learn who she was becoming. I had to literally learn what she liked, things she liked to do, places she wanted to go, you know, um, the food she wanted to eat. I had to rediscover who I was. So in the recovery process, it really, for me, it really meant that I had to find myself because I got lost. And so before I could even identify, or before I should say I identified with all of my pain, it was about being depressed. It was about being lonely. It was about, you know, being helpless and, and then, you know, finally thinking about even committing suicide. But in the midst of all of despair, I lost who I was. I lost that I, I was a butterfly. I lost that my genuineness of, of being a woman of God. I lost my passion. I lost the you know, my desires to just even want to live. But here is the opportunity for us to rediscover who we are, you know, what things that you like to do, what passions you have, what desires you have, what goals you have. Um, this is a place where you discover, you know what, that you're good with yourself. And this is a place where you discover, um, you know, that you are, you are happy in your own skin. This is the place where you can just rediscover that you are, you know, generally uh, fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You are the apple of his eye. And so this is the place where you can just really fall in love with yourself, you know. And then I had to even ask myself in this phase, how did I even get to a place where I forgot me? How did I even get to this place where I lost me along the way? And a lot of times it happens to, um, especially women, because we just throw ourselves into relationships, into our, our family, our, you know, our spouse. We throw ourselves in that because when we give, we give 110. When we give, right. we give it all, you know. And so um, we really have to find 
and receive, you know, those things that we lost. It could be the peace and the joy of even living and our happiness and even confidence. And that was one of the things that was broken um, in me. It was my lack of confidence, and that's why I wanted to just end my life because I absolutely had no confidence in my ability to stand. I had, Even though I, I had the word, you know, um, I had no confidence in my ability to, you know, to be resolved even though I knew God was with me and whatnot, but it was something that God was doing within me where where he, I needed to know that I had the confidence and I needed to know my own strength and I needed to know that I could be, I could rebuild and I could bounce back. It was things that God was doing in my life that I needed to know about myself. And so that confidence began to build because I began to be able to stand every day as I walked through this un- a chartered territory, this new terrain that I was on, you know, and so I learned in this process of rediscovery that I had to take my life back, that I had the ability to take my life back and I could, I can, you know, change the narrative and I could be in uh, whoever God had created me to be and I had to come to that, you know. And so then um, the fourth pillar is really rewriting, and so I had to rewrite my own narrative that I refused to go down like the stats had said that I could. Uh, you know, the stats said that, you know, um, that, that, that people had said about me. I refused to believe that. I refused to believe that God had, didn't have me go through that just for not. You know, there was lessons and experiences that I needed to learn. So I, choose, I chose to take back my life, and I rewrote my own story. I wanted to write how my story was going to end, not my pain, not my divorce, not my despair, um, not any of those things, not my disappointment, not even the, you know, me wanting to end my life. I wanted to end my story the way I wanted to end my story, and that means that I had to change, you know, uh, the whole narrative about going through this um, this divorce. I had to own my truth, and then I had to learn how to change those experiences around, and that's where, you know, my storytelling became, uh, or it was really birth, you know. And so I wanted to have something that, um, and to write something that, even though I was, I had gone through that, it wasn't going to be the end of my life, and I chose it. You know, I choose not to let that be the end of my life, so I got to rewrite how I'm, I was going to end my story, and I can say, God, God be the glory of my story is ending quite well. <laughs> it really yes. is, and I can really, <laughs> you know, I can look back and I can say thank you. Thank you for leaving me. Thank you for the divorce. Thank you for all the anguish and the pain and the heartbreak and the disappointment. Thank you for every trial, every test. You know, Lord, thank you for all of that because it was in those pressing moments, it was in the press that, you know, there was still oil that was going to come out of my life. There was still oil that was going to drip from me. There was still oil that um, that God had put in me that was going to be crushed or me being crushed, but it was going to be something that, that God was going to be glorified in my life. And so I decided to write my own chapter for that. And then um and then of course number uh number five is rebuilding. And that literally means you rebuild again. You rebuild again after you've been damaged, after you've been destroyed, after the crushing, you begin to rebuild again and, and that could be, you know, 
uh, setting new goals for your life. It could be, um, you know, you know, achieving something you hadn't achieved before. It could be, you know, getting your doctorate. It could be writing your books. It could be starting your businesses. Whatever it is, this is your opportunity to rebuild the way you want to you want to rebuild, not based on something and someone else and how it was done before, but something brand new. And so in the process of rebuilding, um, you, you're not only rebuilding your, your confidence, your stamina, your ability to, to live, you're rebuilding your hope, your faith, the life that you, wanna, you, you want to you know, pursue because God has greater. God has more in store for us. And so you know, in this stage, um, the, you know, the, it's, it's just, it's unlimited as to what you can, you know, rebuild for yourself because you decide on where you want to go. You know, you decide on the, the, the journey that you want to take and the journey that you want to go with God. And so in this, you know, these five pillars have been really um, my foundation. It is, um, you know, things that I've had to just really execute in my own life and then in the process of executing this, these things, I began to just see how God had just really, um, all things do work together for good. All things really do work together for good. And so once we get out of the emotional trauma and we begin to, you know, um, um, revise and release and then recover and then rewrite and rebuild, you know, greater is always better. Greater is always better. Pastor P, I know that you are a guest here to, you know, inspire many, and I'm just thankful that God gave me this platform and the opportunity to have just this conversation with you. But as I'm taking notes to go back to, um, you know, just reiterate on the five pillars, I am I'm like, you're talking to me. You're just going through <laughs> the process that over the past five years that I've been going through, and I never summarized it the way that you summarized it in this five pillars. So, um, mm-hmm. gosh, I feel so selfish because I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is good. <laughs> but... <laughs> We are going to take a quick break. I'm going to go ahead and pray for the selfish spirit to come off of me, but that's what the chronicle of doing too much is all about. It's all about us helping one another to grow and to elevate and to go to the next level. So we're going to take a quick break. We're speaking with Pastor P. Y'all, she just broke down the five pillars to recovery from trauma, and then we're going to come right on back. I'm going to summarize those um, pillars, and we're going to go ahead and dive in um, deeper with what she said. So we'll be right back. This has been brought to you by The Success Chronicles Volume 1. Do you have a story you want to share with the world? Well, here's your chance because we are looking for 30 courageous women who are passionate, collaborative, and visionary to be a part of this anthology, The Success Chronicles Volume 1. This anthology project aims to give a platform to women who are breaking glass ceilings and defying the odds in all areas. This is more than a book. This is a movement. For more information about The Success Chronicles Volume 1 and how you can be a part, Contact Mindset and Success Coach Angel Riley at angel at coachangelriley.com. Again, that's angel 
at CoachAngelRiley.com. Or you can text your email address with the word book to 301-744-7801. The Success Chronicles, Volume 1. This is more than a book. This is a movement. Starting and running a small business can be a bit overwhelming, especially when you're trying to find new and innovative ways to make your business a profitable business. However, author Alvin Stewart has just what you need. The ultimate guide to starting a profitable small business, a book created to help you build a profitable business you will love from the start. This easy to read guide is a must have for a budding entrepreneur and current small business owners alike. Alvin gives step-by-step instructions that are specific but general enough to apply to any small business. To order your copy of The Ultimate Guide to Starting a Profitable Small Business, you can order from Amazon.com, search The Ultimate Guide to Starting a Profitable Small Business, or you can find the author on Facebook at Alvin Stewart, on Snapchat at Alvin Stewart 2022. You can order from AlvinStewart.com, The Ultimate Guide to Starting a Profitable Small Business, Creating a Business You Will Love from the Start. Order your copy today. 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 You know what you're listening to, right? You're listening to The Chronicles of Doing Too Much with Coach Angel Riley. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Doing Too Much. We are talking to Paulette Harper, also known as Pastor P, and she just laid out for us the five pillars to recovery from trauma. So if you missed them as she was going through, I'm going to give us a quick summary, and then we're going to dive in just a little deeper. So one is revise, two, release, three, recovery, four, rewriting, and five, rebuilding. So Pastor P, when you talk about the revise and you said re-examine what happened and making peace with the past and not living in denial. And I, I, I speak for myself because, you know, we were, taught, were using divorce as the trauma, and that definitely was a huge trauma for me um, here in this situation. And it took a while for me to truly understand what happened. Um, you know, in my case, my ex-husband left. Um, I'm like every relationship has issues, but I didn't see anything wrong with our relationship that I would be saying here five years later that I'm divorced. And it was like at a time that so much positive from the outside was happening. I, I got into a leadership program with the job. I, I moved from the D.C. area where I lived to Dallas, Texas for two years, and it was huge. And I remember just like it was yesterday that as I was announcing the move and just like ready to go to Texas, I would get like congratulations from people, but everyone wanted to know what was my husband going to do there. And it was almost like I didn't exist. And I, you know, I was not public about it because I was going through that period of the shame and the guilt and the embarrassment, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But it was also like 
but I'm really not going through divorce. It was him that said, I want to get divorced. You go get the divorce papers. You know, I mean, it was him. He was not a very nice man. I don't know who this man he had became. He became a monster. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm, gosh, this is one of the first times I publicly said that, you know, about him because I try not to say anything, but it's not the man that I was in love with who he had become during that mm-hmm. process. But mm-hmm. examining, like, what happened and you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I love the analogy you gave us with a dressmaker and how they make the alterations and cut away the excess. So can you give us mm-hmm. a tip as we mm-hmm. are trying to cut away that excess where, you know, you, you have so many women and even men in that situation where I was, like I was in, where it was like, okay, my marriage is going to work. So I don't want to get out there and I don't want to tell the world we're getting divorced. He left, you know, um, he will never admit it, but, you know, I hired a private investigator, so I know there was infidelity, you know. So Mm -hmm. it was a whole Mm -hmm. thing, so Mm -hmm. I can say that with confidence, you know, publicly. And Mm -hmm. um, it was just one of those things where I was in denial because I don't understand Mm -hmm. why. Or how did it get there? Mm-hmm. So what is like a tip as we're going through that process that you can give us? Oh, my God. Um, you've brought up so many memories, you know, and so many characteristics of the way um, he was to me as well. But one of the things that I would really say is that, um, and there was something that I heard earlier today on um, on, a, on a, a podcast, and it was about why people are in our lives, and some of them are in our lives for seasons, and some of them are in our lives for, you know, long pre- periods of time, and we have to really define why someone was in our lives. And so for you and I, you know, when we get married, for us, it's a lifetime. You know, it really is a lifetime. And we don't think about what if, you know, because for me it's like, okay, well, if I think about what if, then I'm entertaining the possibility of it failing, and I never want to entertain thoughts like that, especially as a believer. And so, um, you know, for us it's that lifetime, but then we have to think about, okay, it's, it's ended. So that, that literally means that that season with that person is over. And that is hard. That's a very hard pillow to swallow, especially when you may have not seen it, you may have not um, been privileged to some of the, you know, um, and when I say privileged, I just mean that some things are just, some things are just surprising to us, you know. Somebody didn't share something with us about something they were disappointed with or dissatisfied with or they didn't talk to us. That's what I mean by that. But um, just really knowing that the season is over with that person, and um, and that's hard. That really is hard because you've built your relationship and your life around that individual. But when you can just really think about and release it and then move forward, that's really the liberating. That's where liberation comes. Um, what I had to do was um, – he wanted a divorce. It's interesting that he said, told you to go get the papers because that's, that's what he told me to do too. And so, uh, <laughs> so, you know, going through that, 
I, I wanted my marriage to, you know, to last. But after him saying so much, so many times, I want a divorce, I don't want you, I want a divorce, and dot, 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 dot. But one day I said, okay, you can get a divorce. You, you're free to leave because God was going to take care of me. And that right then and there liberated me when I agreed with him instead of disagreeing with him. And when I agreed with him, because that was his will, that's what he wanted to do, and God doesn't even supersede our wills, I came in agreement with it. And once I came into agreement with it, was it very difficult? Oh, hell yeah. It was, I can say that. It was, it was hell moving forward. It was literal me going through a periods of time where it was so difficult because I saw him walk right on out of my life. You know, and it was easy for him to walk out of my life. And so um, it was literally me agreeing with him that he could go ahead and leave, in which he did, you know. And so um, we have to really think about why people are in our lives and then um, just really reassessing, okay, that period of my life is over and there's a new chapter that God is going to allow me to write and I can rewrite it however I want to rewrite it. And and that is so powerful, and it goes right into release. And that's when we're having to set free and let go. And, you know, and, and again, I'll share my experience here um, because it, you really go into the shame, embarrassment, and guilt. And I just, you know, I, I made up a lie. And I was saying, oh, you know, I was moving in May, and I was just like, oh, my husband's going to come in August. And I just left it at that because I was like, that gave me time to get myself together, get people off of my back. I mean, and it was just so much. And, I, and folks are nosy, period. <laughs> folks are nosy. And I remember getting there in Texas, <laughs> you know, and this was like pretty much my first time ever. It, not pretty much, it was. It was my first time getting a place by myself. So I knew I was only going to be there two years, and Dr. P, it was difficult for me to find a place to live because I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, I was accustomed to, you know, I sold my mm-hmm. house in Maryland, so I was like, well, I'm not going to buy, so I'm renting, but I was always accustomed to compromising, and you talked a lot about mm-hmm. losing yourself. I didn't know what I was looking for in an apartment. I didn't know what I needed. I didn't know what was a good amount of money to pay, you know, because I was really depending only on me. I didn't have that backup. And I remember, you know, and I I got a place, and I I think I chose well. You know, I really liked where I live, and everything was good for me. Safe. I had a whole safety thing because I didn't have that man there to protect me like I'm accustomed to. So I was all behind a gated community and everything else, you know, so tight that I locked myself out of my own apartment one day because I didn't have that protection there. But it was just one of those things where you talk about let it go. And um, I found my church home when I moved to Dallas, and I just thank God. And, and even, you know, I'm not feared the pandemic was a blessing to me because I was struggling to find a church home when I came back to um, the D.C. area. 
And then when everything shut down, I'm like, I'm going back to my church. So now it's like, okay, you know, my house is my, it's the brick and mortar. And now, you know, I plan to go, you know, to be in the house with my sisters and brothers, you know, at least once or twice a month down in Dallas, but I'm worshiping at home. But the whole thing, I remember one night and like my pastor was, you know, she was telling us about, you know, praying and our prayer life and the other pastors and, and stuff. We had a whole sermon series about our prayer life and making sure that it's the first thing we do when we wake up and everything. So I'm, you know, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But I could never sleep. And one morning it was, I was waking up because, you know, everything's on my mind. And I just heard this booming voice. Now, the voice sounded a lot like my ex-husband's voice, and it was just angel. It was firm. It was booming. And, it I mean, it just snapped me up. And then I was like, what is that? And I was not going get to up, get up. I wasn't going to go down the stairs because the house was pitch black. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. But I fell into a calming sleep. And that that Sunday, I can't remember what day of the week that I heard that voice, but that Sunday I went to church, I got my praise on, I really was filled with what I needed at that time, and I'll go to Papado for lunch, and I was like, oh, I need to go to Walmart to pick up some stuff. And Vicky Winans, safe in his arms, come on the radio. And Pastor P, when I say I sat in the parking lot, I was fine. Church, I didn't cry or anything in church. I was praised. I was filled. Papa Doe, I enjoyed some shrimp and grits. Drove down the street to the Walmart. It wasn't even five minutes down the street. <laughs> to the Walmart. Listening to the song. The song didn't finish. I parked and then the tears just dropped. And I put the song on replay. And I probably sat in the car just crying like, you know, the ugly cry, you know, where you, you know, and I'm trying to find tissue or something in the car because my nose is running. Everything was, everything was just unreleasing. And that was that moment. I mean, it just came out of nowhere. It just came out of nowhere. But it was shortly after I heard that voice. And at that moment was when the shame and that embarrassment Mm -hmm. and that guilt went away. When you mm-hmm. talk about that, it sounds dramatic, but it's my truth. Do you see a lot of other, you know, women, like, you know, your clients, you know, those in your congregation, that kind of have something as spiritual and emotional, or is it more of like um, a therapy, like going to therapy, because I did go to therapy too. I had to. That's how I knew I got depression. Mm-hmm. And that's self-diagnosed, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> with that whole release process, like what are some things that, what are some examples of you've seen, you know, in yourself or others when you've had that release? Yeah, you know, um, I went to therapy too. You know, there's nothing wrong with therapy. Jesus plus, plus therapy works wonders. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know what, you know, that song, that particular song was a trigger for you, you know, and, and that's the, one of the things that I really love about the Holy Spirit, because it could be a song, it could be a message, it could be a dream, it could be a word, it could be anything that um, he uses to really help us get to that place where we are, you know, this, this, this bucket, 
you know, that we have this, this bucket that has to, you know, overflow with tears, you know, and that is the cleansing. It really is the cleansing because, um, you know, we've, we've, you know, bottled up so many of those emotions and all of that pain until we get to that breaking point, you know. And so, um, you know, for, you know, for you it was the song that that got you there. For other people, it is a, you know, um, a message or a consultation at a therapist's office, you know. Um, for me, it was really the breaking point was me accepting it, you know. And then the moment that you, you do that, you know, there is that breaking. And so it is that shame and that guilt because what happens is for, um, for us, the, the blame, the shame, the guilt, the embarrassment, those are strongholds, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they'll keep continuing to be a stronghold until we release whatever it is that's causing the shame, causing the guilt, and causing the blame and the embarrassment. And once we release that, then we are free to just really embrace the moment, really embrace the now, and really embrace the new the direction in which we are going in. And so that's why it is so important to have that, um, that letting go. And, and that healing, it really doesn't come until there is that release, you know. And so it doesn't come until we, we, we cry, you know. And, and people, you know, they, their therapy, is, it, 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 it's so many forms of, of it, you know, but for a lot of a lot of women, a lot of men, you know what, there's nothing wrong with, with just, you know, having tears. You know, there's always tears of joy, but there's always tears when you're, you know, a lot of pain that you're in. And so it comes from um, whatever point of contact that the Holy Spirit will have us to, to, you know, to go in, or the Holy Spirit will have that point of contact for us to just really have that moment. You know, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it goes right into recovery. We're going to talk about recovery before we take a break and come back to do the last two in more depth. But with the recovery, and I love how you you pose the question, how did I get to this place that I forgot me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is so simple. (laughs) Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 it it, it is. It really is simple, but it's so profound because we don't know where we got lost, you know, Mm -hmm. because we've been the nurturer for so many people. Mm -hmm. We've been the giver for so many people. You know, we've been the lifeline for so many people. You know, we've been the answer and the solution for so many people. And so in the process of us giving, when we need to be the recipient, we're like, where am I? How do I find myself? And then when, for me, that depression, which wanted to, you know, which led to me wanting to end my life, it was how did I even get to a point that I even wanted to kill myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's huge. And with that, 
you know, the, the loneliness, like you said, the depression, the lack of confidence. And, mm. I mean, everything you said, I mean, when I say that, like, you know, yeah, we're, we're having this conversation, it's for others. But when I say this is personal, like this is personal. Mm-hmm. It's like you just walk through the phases and even the phase where I am, you know, according to your five pillars where I feel that I am now, I was like, Wow. And I remember being in a grocery store, and I mean, and it sounds so so crazy, but I, I know you know either you can connect or one of our destiny seekers that are listening can connect, especially if you've gone through divorce. I I, I remember loading my regular stuff in a grocery cart, and then I remember mm. having to turn around and go put everything back because the stuff that was in the cart was stuff that I did not eat. But it was stuff <laughs> that I had to have in the house <laughs> because my ex-husband ate it. <laughs> and then I discovered, I mean, it sounds so crazy. It's like I don't really like cereal. I know I'm probably one of the few people in the world that don't really like cereal. I mean, I'll eat if it's the only thing available, I would eat it, but I'm not going to wake up in the morning and be like, I'm going to have a bowl of cereal. Like something really, mm-hmm. added, something's really up. I must really be craving if I'm going to have a bowl of cereal. So mm-hmm. buying cereal isn't a thing for me, <laughs> you know. And so it was like, why do I got Frosted Flakes in my cart? And, I'm, and if I am going to eat cereal, it's not going to be Frosted Flakes, you know. <laughs> Little stuff like that, you know. I mean, it was just insane. I like catfish. Catfish is my favorite fish. Why do I have, you know, trout in my cart? Like, I, you know, I like trout, but I'd rather get the catfish. You know, I mean, just little stuff like that. And yeah. we're laughing. Are you laughing because you are understanding this, right? Yeah, I really am. I really am. You know, and, and that's one of the things that I mentioned, how we are the nurturers. We are the solution. I mean, we, it's easier for us. I think it's just something that we just do just because it's, it's just natural for us to do. We are very accommodating for other people, mm-hmm. okay, meaning that if they like it, we'll accommodate ourselves and we'll like it as well, you know, and, and it's easy for us to make the, the shift and the transition to appease other people, but then in, in reality, like you said, you didn't even like it. <laughs> but I think in this stage of, of recovery, it is a stage where, you know what, I can be selfish because it's all about me. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's all about me. And so my, my basket is, is all about what Paulette like, what she don't like. You know what I mean? It's all about mm-hmm. what she likes and what she wants to buy and, and, and what she wants to prepare for herself, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's that place, it's that, that point of, you know, just the transition is very hard because you've been accustomed to doing something for, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, however long you were in that relationship. You've been accustomed to doing it that way, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, hold, hold up. I don't have to do this no more. And that really can be very liberating. <laughs> it really yeah. can be liberating. Yes. And for the destiny seekers, let me tell you what I what how I was liberated with the grocery shopping. I don't like to cook. I 
mean, I cooked all the time, but I eat out a lot. I mean, I just wasn't. <laughs> I went to get basics like bread and milk, and I went into the grocery store, you know, just recently, and I was like, gosh, I don't know the last time I've been inside of here. But I'm eating well because I'm gaining weight, so obviously I'm not missing any meals. I'm just not cooking the meals. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was married, I cooked all the time. You know, it was like whatever. Mm-hmm. But as a single woman, apparently that's not my jam. All right. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap this conversation up with the the last um, two P's and just you know, I'm having a good time with this conversation here. And you know, we talked about the selfish period. I don't think I'm being selfish, but I'm loving this. I am so <laughs> loving this. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and we are definitely coming out stronger, better. We are speaking with Pastor P. We're going through the five pillars to recovery from trauma. Let me, now we see why she has been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, and the Sacramento observer because she is truly helping us go to that next level. So we definitely want to talk about, you know, I know you have some coaching programs and an anthology, so we definitely want to talk about all of that as well as we wrap up because I want to be certain that all of us can connect with you. I'm not going to hold you just to myself, Pastor P. I'm not that sad, selfish, okay? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I mean, I promise Destiny Seekers I'm not going to hold her to, my, to myself. I have to. It's this whole, you know, talk radio show podcast thing I'm supposed to share. Okay, I'll share. I'm a middle child. So <laughs> we'll be right back, and I'll continue sharing the wonderful Paulette Harper. We'll be right back. Be Right Jones presents I'm Taking Back My Life, a two-day intensive workshop, Friday, July 23rd at 6 p.m. and Saturday, July 24th at 11 a.m. This is a free workshop, so register today at www.berightjones.com. That's www.berightjones.com slash taking back my life. Also, starting August 24th, join Coach B and her 90-day group coaching, where you will discover the power of yes and learn action steps to reach your goals and more. To sign up, go to brightjones.com slash 90-day coaching. Keep looking up with B. Wright Jones, LLC. Their mission is to serve Christian women aged 35 and older who are stuck and have a desire to get unstuck and sexy. Self-confidence, excitement, extra, and yes, I can. So make sure you tune in to Get Unstuck and Sexy with B. Wright Jones on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many other platforms. Coach B is a certified online life coach, published author, a global speaker, and a podcast host. So to book her services or purchase a book, you can visit www.berightjones.com. You can also visit www.keeplookingupwithberightjones.com. You can find Coach B on Facebook at B. Wright Jones, and you can follow her on Instagram at keeplookingup7. Also, find her on Twitter at keeplookingup. That's up with two Ps. 
Keep Looking Up with B. Wright Jones. Get unstuck and sexy. Are you battling with emotional distress? Are you tired of not knowing where to start in order to begin the healing process of truly dealing with your painful emotions? If you answered yes to either one of these questions, keep listening. Author Ivy Caldwell created a book just for you. Expose it. Let your healing process begin. It's a book that gives you a step-by-step guide on how to properly process your emotions. Ivy Caldwell teaches you the importance of exposing the truth behind your emotions and explains how that is the beginning of your healing process. You can purchase your very own copy of Expose It by visiting www.footprintenterpriseLLC.com or you can order off Amazon.com, search Expose It. You can find author Ivy Caldwell on Facebook at Ivy Caldwell, that's C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L, on Instagram at Footprint Series, on Twitter at Ivy underscore Caldwell, or LinkedIn at Ivy Caldwell. Expose it. Let your healing process begin today. The Chronicles of Doing Too Much. Follow Coach Riley on all platforms at Coach Angel Riley. Now back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. The Chronicles of Doing Too Much. All right, welcome back to the Chronicles of Doing Too Much. We are speaking with Paulette Harper, mostly known known to many of us actually as Pastor P, and we were going through the five pillars um, to recovery from trauma, and we're using the trauma of divorce today. So right where we left off, and you start talking about rewriting and you know, I love when you say it's time for me to rewrite my story, and you wanted to end your story the way you wanted to end your story, but that entailed owning your truth. So you've proven to us that there is life after divorce, but I'm also believing that I'm hearing as you're rewriting your story about your pain will produce purpose if you allow it. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you turned that pain into having, is it, what is it, over 11, 11 published works and all of these fancy yeah. literary awards? <laughs> acclaimed, <laughs> let me not say fancy, acclaimed literary awards <laughs> that you have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, um, it really I have to just really give God the glory for what he's done in my life um, because I didn't see, I didn't see my future. And, you know, what I saw about my future was the pain, you know, and the, the not having the hope, but he saw something, he saw the best in me. Uh, he saw more about me than I saw about myself. And so, um, you know, when, as I was going through my divorce, <clears throat> I remember um, just the nudge from the Holy Spirit, just the nudge from him saying, write your story. And at that time, I didn't know anything about writing. You know, I didn't, I didn't have no friends who were authors. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know anybody who could help me on that journey of, of writing a story and writing my own story. But I knew that I had heard from him. And I knew that there was something, you know, that he didn't want 
or he didn't allow me to go through it just for not. But there was something more that he wanted me to do, and that was to just really share what my, what my story was, and that was owning, that was part of owning my truth, owning my story, you know, and, and nobody could ever take that away from me. Those were my experiences. Those were my trials. Those were my testings. That was my spiritual battle. That was my warfare I was going on. That was my truth. And I have the right and the liberty, the, the freedom to share my story and to share my, my, my truth in that. And so that's really where um, he showed me how to take that pain. Now, mind you, this was, you know, this was, um, you know, this was sometime after, um, you know, initially, you know, all the, the trauma that I was, you know, going through. I, I had been delivered and, and healed when I started writing, you know. And so because um, I had to do that internal work going through that trauma, I had to do the internal work. And so um, getting to a place where I was going to allow the pain to really push my purpose out of me and not really even knowing what my purpose was. All I knew was I had a word from the Lord. He said, write your story, and I began to write. I had no idea about everything else was, was that was going to come of that, but he did. He saw it all. And so he just gave me glimpses as I went along, you know, and then he would put the right people in my life that, you know, would say, can you show me how to do this? Uh, what does it mean to be a, an author? Can you show me how to publish books? And so those were the steps that God was taking me on, just giving me glimpses of what my future was going to look like. And so, um, you know, rewriting it because I had no idea that I would even be where I am right now. And I'm so grateful for the journey that he's allowed me to go go on because I'm able to not only share my truth, but I'm able to take other people along on this journey with me. Wow. And that goes right into your fifth um, pillar of rebuilding. And what did you just say? What was set up to destroy you actually elevated you, and you are bringing others along with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My goodness. I mean, the rebuilding stage, it's really, this is your moment to rebuild your life the way you intend it to be, the way the Lord intends it to be, you know, because we're so busy building other people and making sure they're happy, making sure that they're satisfied and rebuilding their vision and, and, and whatnot. But now this is the moment where I can rebuild. I can rebuild everything that was damaged in my life um, and everything that was destroyed in my life. I can rebuild it and I can set new goals for myself. I can be creative, as creative as I want to be. I can write as many books as I want. I can start any business that I want. I can do anything I set my hands to do because God told me I can do that, you know. And so I can rebuild my life and I can do what I want to be. You know, I can rebuild my life and I can do anything that I want to do in life. But also in that rebuilding is, you know, uh, for me, a lot of it had to do with confidence. A lot of it had to do with my self-esteem. A lot of it had to do with just even having, having, you know, um, faith in myself that I could do this, you know. And so you at this 
you know, anyone that's at this stage where they, you know, can start rebuilding, oh, my God, you can be so creative and do absolutely anything that you set your hands to do and, and be anything that you want to be because there are no limits on us at all. Love it. You know, and um, the tagline of my company is, you are the heartbeat of your destiny. So mm. I hear you talking about that. And, and, again, that was from God. And the way that that came about is when I had my graphic designer to do my logos. And when she sent me the two logos, like, she followed my instructions, and my initials are ALR. And the logo that you guys may see me use mostly, um, it's, it's my secondary logo, where she's just using my initials, ALR. And when you look at it, it looks like the pulse sign for your heart, like on a heart monitor. Mm-hmm. And mm. when I saw it, heartbeat came to my mind. And you are the heartbeat of your destiny. It's, it's how it all mm. came about. And everything goes around and centered around the heart. So I coach on the four pulses, faith, love, finance, and career. And, it's, and again, it all comes from that. So to hear you say when you're rebuilding and you can do whatever it is, it just automatically pushed me right to my company tagline of, you are the heartbeat of your destiny. As long as you're aligned mm-hmm. with those four pulses, and everything, God lays everything, how to manage all of that. He lays it out in the Bible. That's why we start with faith. You know, mm-hmm. faith, what's that mm-hmm. spiritual walk looking like? Because the answers to, you know, love, finance, and career, entrepreneurship, whatever that looks like for you, is all laid out in the Bible, including that confidence. And as you said earlier, about us being fearfully and wonderfully made and just so many other scriptures to talk about how, you know, we are in the image and likeness of God and he makes no mistakes. So Mm. with that, tell us a little bit about your coaching programs, your anthology, Uh, you know, let, let us know what you have going on, how we can connect with you to work with you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have, an anthology that um, actually I just released one, uh, Resilience in Hard Times, last week. And I'm working with another group of authors for an upcoming anthology that's going to be released in November called uh, For Such a Time as This. And so um, I'm really excited about, um, about that anthology because there are uh, four men that have said yes to this to their story, and so that's a, just, just so amazing for me. Um, and so um, my coaching, you know, people can work with me several, you know, one of several ways, either one-on-one coaching, and through that one-on-one coaching, I teach authors, aspiring authors, how to become self-published, how to publish themselves. And so we go through this six-month process. And then um, that's the one-on-one coaching, and then I have group coaching that I do as well. And then I have my anthologies. And so um, people can find out more about, you know, me and my coaching programs on my website, which is paulettharper.com. They can also connect with me on Facebook as um, Pastor Paulette Harper, Pastor P. And then I'm on Clubhouse as Paulette Harper on IG as well, and then um, on Twitter um, also as, as Paulette Harper. 
Perfect. And we'll make sure that we have all of those um, ways to connect with you on social media, um, out, out in um, all of our platforms as well. Are you still accepting um, authors, co-authors in your anthology that's um, scheduled to release in November? Um, excuse me. I have uh, one spot open if somebody is interested in um, you know, being part of that anthology. And they can email me, which is um, Paulette Harper, um, P. Harper Johnson at gmail.com. They can connect with me, and I can send them some information about um, that anthology. And once that, um, that you know, it's, that position is filled, and then I'll be releasing um, two more in 
Oh, I love it. All right. <laughs> what is what? See, all right. So with affirmations, um, something that I encourage um, the destiny seekers to do, and I do it myself, is when you hear a good affirmation or you write um, one of your own, to write it on a post-it mm-hmm. note or a piece of paper or whatever, and then put it in different places um, in your space, so around your home, if you're working a nine-to-five, mm-hmm. in your offices, in your car. So you can always kind of go to it or, or, or you see it and read it kind of like at that moment you're supposed to. So that's definitely one that is going into um, a post-it note and posted here on my home. So just letting you know, I'm taking your affirmation because it's a good one. <laughs> go right ahead. Go right ahead. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's that feeling when you tell someone you're taking it. You know, I'm not going to post it out and claim it as myself. I'm going to give you credit. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is one of your favorite go-to songs, scriptures, quotes, self-care practices, what have you, when you need encouragement? Oh, okay. So one of my favorite scriptures is um, um, Ephesians 3 and 20. And I like to, to read it out of the Passion Translation. And um it says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. And, of course, you got to read what, you know, what led up to, you know, 320. Um, and then it says, he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Mm. You said that's Ephesians 3.20? It's, it's Ephesians 3.20 and 21, and, but it comes out of the translation, uh, the translation Bible, the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation. Now, Pastor P, before we um, started this interview, I was telling you that we I had a previous interview and um, <laughs> it's just amazing how God con- confirms um, this confirmation and some stuff that she said. And I, I don't, I know, I think I know this scripture, but not out of the Passion Bible. And you just mm. said something that I needed to hear, but I don't think I've ever heard this scripture read out of the Passion Bible. But you basically recited something that was said. Um, right? Wow. <laughs> I feel like I need to cry. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to finish this interview first. <laughs> I'm going to finish this interview first. Um, and then I'm going to pull my Bible out. <laughs> All right. Um, that's, what, that's what we had to do. All right. Chronicles are doing too much. All right. Um, one piece of advice that you'll give to your younger self? Oh, one piece of advice I would give to my younger self? Oh, Never limit your ability to strive, to thrive. Thrive is the word. Never limit your ability to thrive. I love that. I really do love that. God, you ain't got me all weep. I'm not supposed to be crying on my own show. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wisdom, wisdom. Let's be strong, girl. Let's be strong. All right. And then um, lastly, what are you grateful for? 
I am grateful for, um, of course, what God has done in my life, but I'm really grateful for every tear, every trial, every disappointment, every heartbreak, because I saw how it all worked together for my good. Whew. Pastor P, y'all, that's all I have to say. <laughs> Pastor P. <laughs> well, we are so thankful that you have blessed us with this amazing interview today and given us so much wisdom. I thank God for using, you know, my guests for these past two weeks um, to really speak to me for something that I needed to hear at this very time. Um, So I'm so thankful for that, and thank you for accepting the invitation to be on the Chronicles of Doing Too Much. So I have a feeling that we'll be having you back in the future if your schedule so permits. So thank thank you. you. Thank you. Not a problem. So thank you, guys. That is it for the Chronicles of Doing Too Much, and we will see you all next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Chronicles of Doing Too Much. Don't forget to hit that like button, drop a comment, and smash that subscribe. And make sure you keep the conversation going by connecting through social media at Coach Angel Riley on all platforms or visit CoachAngelRiley.com. Until next time, go be a boss.